knew it. Okay. You already knew it. I'm just saying, I shouldn't uh, have to say, yeah. you shouldn't put me in a position where I have to say, Cameron I think, I think we kind of know. I mean, the show is, is name, you named the show after yourself. <laughs> what was I supposed to call it? <laughs> <laughs> what was I supposed yeah. to call it? I've tried, we flirted with Drag Illustrated Live, right? Yeah. But yeah, we did. Yeah. <laughs> it was actually Mike did this logo. Mike did no, it. No, it's a it's the West Buck show live on DI was how we That's how it first started. came yeah. up with it. Yeah. We well, you, just dropped it. Like I said, you're supposed to protect me from this, JT, not make me look like obnoxious. You're supposed to be like, I am. I am. Well, tight <laughs> shot on West. Tight shot on West. Yeah. I got you. I oh my gosh. You know? Dude, we got Ooh. some big news. Oh, yeah. <laughs> got you. Uh, I I wasn't quite ready. We missed you last week, JT. We missed the that production value right there. Oh yeah, I, I did my best to try to anchor the show. Blake helped me a little bit and uh, do some production, swap those logos, all the stuff I've never done. Oh, it's great. You did good, man. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. did good. But we did miss yeah. you bad, JT. I, I watched. Real. I watched it. So I uh, I was telling Mike this on the phone. I. So I've been like a low-hanging member of the Sports Business Journal. I don't know if you've ever heard me talk about this. It's talking about magazines, right? We're in the magazine business. I thought we were Ready talking about low-hanging members. No. <laughs> $800 for a subscription to Sports Business Journal a year. Oh, that's why I don't get it. How about you, Mike? <laughs> what? $800. Um, it's weekly. So, I mean, that's – but you get access to like all their newsletter. It's the most insightful – sports like marketing stuff that i've ever it's incredible reminds me of like why we do what we do like they do such a good job but i got my first issue eight hundred dollars al michaels on it doesn't look eight hundred dollar no man big old you know? what tabloid size yeah it is i miss this stitch. size what's it come lot. out like weekly weekly yeah yeah august yeah, that's 14th to 20. Weekly. yeah you can't you can't do a super nice weekly did it come I in a box with some vaseline or <laughs> no oh, I, hey man I'm I'm a believer in this stuff. I've learned so much from these folks. They do a good job. They do a really, really, really good job. And they're great with like numbers. Like there were fifty thousand people at the Philadelphia Eagles open practice for training camp. Crazy. Fifty thousand fans. Like you just start to I don't know. It feels like it's exposed me to thinking bigger. You know, yeah. like we need to oh, think God. bigger. Help the Lord help us. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> but with, with that, let's get this thing yeah, rolling. Okay. Nice All right. <laughs>
Hey gang, Wes Buck here, Drag Illustrated Magazine, checking in. It is Wednesday, August 16th, 2023. What's up? How you doing? Uh, thanks for joining us here on the World Wide Web. Thank you again, as always, for being a part of this uh, con ongoing conversation that takes place every Wednesday afternoon. We, uh, it's a privilege and an honor. I ask you, help us do the Lord's work, spread the gospel of drag racing. Click like, click share, click subscribe, and uh, participate in this movement, because I tell you, friends, it's happening. It's happening. I uh, there's so much to cover. We we've got a big special guest today. Lizzie Music going to be joining us in about 15, 20 minutes. Uh, a lot of stuff to take care of in the meantime, however. So I'm not going to waste any time. Let's get right into it. Uh, introduce my co-host here on the West Buck Show, JT Hudson, Mike Carpenter. What's going on, guys? Doing well. Yo, stop. We uh, yeah, JT we back. Have... Made it back, back from baby. Mexico. Tell yeah. us, like, give us. Do, the, do you have uh, all of your organs? I do. You checked. Give okay. us the breakdown of what happened like, in, in not being money. able to get back into the country. It's just the same old crap, you know. <laughs> we got on a plane and they're like, oh, we're having some difficulties. We're going to unboard you all. And then they change their gates and then they change plane. Yeah, deep plane. Unboard. Was There's there no lady, chance anybody said unboard. Uh, I said unboard. Was there a lady screaming at the front about? There wasn't somebody not being real in the back. And you know, the last time this no. happened to me, like there was fights at every gate we went to. People were up there fighting. And this one, I it's like people are just used to it now. And then they send us down to the basement where I didn't even know there was any gates down there because, well, probably because there's no planes that go go off from down there. And uh, yeah, it was uh, the people that were uh, that were down there were flying to Atlanta. They've been stuck for three days. So right then I knew we were pretty screwed. <laughs> but it is a wild time to travel. That's a nightmare feel. If you've ever been to the Cancun air airport, man, I want to be there as short of a time as possible. For yeah, whatever reason, like additional time. Yeah, like run through that gauntlet of everybody trying to sell you stuff, and and it feels like a dystopian future. You know what yeah. I mean? Like for whatever reason, I feel like I'm in. I mean, obviously, I'm in a different country, but I feel like I'm on a different planet when I'm in the Cancun airport. Like, it's just, it, it, it's it's very odd. It, every part of it is, like, rickety and broken, and you, it, I'm not sure. Uh, my last Mexico trip, I, it kind of soured me on international travel, to be honest. Like, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a world traveler, man. I'm, I'm here for it. I love going places, love doing things. What but, about Saudi Arabia? <sighs> Well, hey, I, I, this hey, isn't I, the announcement. We're I'd go quick. back. We need to go. I back. will go back to Saudi. I yeah, go back to Saudi. Listening from Saudi, what what was that? Uh, the global the, the Riyadh, auto salon. Yeah, global auto salon Riyadh festival or what was it, whatever it was called. <laughs> if y'all are looking, ready. If y'all yeah. are looking to move some budget around, you know what yeah. I mean. We could throw a hell of a drag race over in Saudi Arabia. Oh That's my god! Fact. Yeah, lock it in. I'm telling you what. Right now, I'm working on some overseas deals. I'm. I'm really that's, we got that's the worst part about traveling is customs, you know, and for like, sure. That's why we gotta get yeah, our own. Planes. And then by the time that we they were trying to get us back into Mexico, because you know, we're actually have went through customs and then you have to go back into Mexico and check back in. Well, everybody's been been home now, you know, because they bring all those planes in basically at the same time. So it's like one guy trying to get us all back in. I got popped in customs for too much tobacco. I didn't know that was a thing. How what kind of tobacco? Do you have like leaves on you or something? I had chew and and the guy's like, like oh, people, logs. yeah, they, chew? they searched all of our stuff. And, you know, uh, I wasn't really worried about the chew, if you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> oh, JT, you're going to hell. And, right? and uh, yeah. And I'm like, look at my kids. Like, oh, this is going to go great. Right. So yeah, you're no. setting an example. This is how you smuggle tobacco. Right. Customs. Yeah. So they take me to this little room, you know, and they're like, 
it's you got cost- little roomed you yeah. got taken to a little room yeah and and they're going to charge me well they said it was 40 dollars or x amount of pesos i guess and <laughs> I took my credit card bill later 40 dollars my it was 170 dollars for a yeah to bring for a my, log of tobacco bag. yeah i i took like three and a half or something like that which was one and a half <laughs> and one busted open i'm sure yeah yeah, yeah. you're in already well away i want to do i i don't want to uh <clears throat> kind of like air out all my future plans but i really i want to do more international stuff i just that's where the money's at man that's where the that's where the big action is like we, you need a worldwide audience i talked to some guys over the weekend and if i have my druther i would say you know fingers crossed I think we could be doing World Series of Pro Mod, like an international qualifying series within the next couple of years. Like, I want to do Look at World Mike. Series. What? I want to do stuff. My wheels are turning, dog. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to change things around here. I ain't like hanging out. I got plenty of time to hang out. Not really. Not- oh, oh, damn. got so fired up. He disconnected hey. his mic. Hey, you disconnected your mic. What's happened? Oh, oh my mic go. disconnected. I don't even know what happened. That's never happened. I did. You I didn't stop talking though. <laughs> no, no, no. no. <laughs> I'm not built for stopping talking. Seriously though, <laughs> mark my words. Somebody write it down. 2.16 p.m. Central Standard Time on Wednesday, August 16th, 2023. I believe that in the very near future, we'll be doing a World Series of Pro Mod main event, right? Main event at Brainton Motorsports Park, first week of March. Furthermore, forevermore. Right. But I want to do a Middle Eastern qualifier where the winner of our Middle Eastern race gets a seat at the table for the World Series of Pro Mod Made Event in Bradenton. I want to do one at Santa Pod. I want to do one at Terp, uh, Terp Arena in Sweden. And I want to do one in Australia. So do like four international qualifier events and the winner of those events. Same thing. Invite only good money. Probably not 100 grand, but like a good amount of money. But like go to Santa Pod. Bring in 10 of the local hitters, qualify an eight-car field, draw names from a hat, the same deal. The winner of that race is automatically entered into the World Series of Pro Mod main event. There's so many Pro Mod cars in the country. I don't even know that we would have to ship cars. You could probably just put them in a program. Like What I would probably do is make deals with a nitrous team that had an additional car, make deals with a pro charger team that had an additional car, a screw blower team that had an additional car and a roots blower team that had an additional car and, you know, put pieces in place where if a turbo or whatever, a pro charger guy wins in Qatar, that driver would have a car to race over here. Does that make sense? You know, I'm that's really, I'm really, really regretting asking JT about international travel. <laughs> know, right? oh. <laughs> hey man, I'm just, <laughs> what else are we going to do? Yeah, I'm giving you shit. Let's talk about I pitched my some kids big, on this this weekend. Let's, let's like, talk hey. about big news that we've got okay, right here yeah. in front of us that we actually just dropped right before we came on air. Are you asking to talk about it or yeah. do you want me to talk about it? <laughs> I, want you, I want you to tell me about oh, it. Oh, huge news. And I mean, and I said this last night on Facebook and I'm going to start posting on uh, uh, X. It is now. I'm, I'm glad the Twitter thing's gone because I was having a hard time getting excited about Twitter. So X going to give it to is me it, and DMX. Is it live on like X.com? Is it? Is that where you go now? Ask Blake. Blake I, it, it kind of feels like it was half-assed rolled out as far as branding. Blake, is it on? He's eating. Is it X.com's a thing? Oh, okay. Because I feel like I go to Twitter and it's still got like it's Twitter.com and it's got like the little bird in the thing and but it's an X now. And well, see, I updated like, my app last night. Yeah. Check this out. And, I mean, I know uh, it's an X it's, now. Yeah, it's an X now. Yeah, mine's an X. So, yeah. 
Anyways, I'm going to start posting on X, but I posted on Facebook last night, big news, and we've got it. At 2 o'clock Central Standard Time, we made news that Skag Power Equipment has assumed the title rights sponsorship of the inaugural pro superstar shootout coming up the first weekend in March, uh, excuse me, first weekend of February, February 8th, 9th, and 10th, 2024 at Bradenton Motorsports Park. This is a huge moment that really speaks to the spirit of collaboration. I think there's been like some amongst the talk that I've heard and the buzz that I've heard, I think there is, again, I, I don't mean to repeat myself, but I think it's worth repeating that what's happening here with this group of people is special. And the specialness, it's not about drag racing. It's not about, our sport does not need reinvented. Drag racing, again, the great American motorsport, it does not need improvement. What we're doing on the racetrack is fantastic. But there's room for improvement elsewhere and around that and as far as the overall event experience. And to have a brand, a powerhouse brand like Skag Power Equipment, Randy, the whole team, everybody that's involved with this company, they share our vision for the sport of drag racing and they are fired up, friends. They are excited about this. They want to be part of it. I was talking to Randy last night and hearing him talk about creating a benchmark event that can serve as a trend-setting moment, a, a happening in our sport that other people, other sanctions, other series, other events, other venues are able to see how we're doing this and, and maybe adopt some of our ideas. And I'm just, I don't know, I can't say enough about the spirit of collaboration that exists amongst this particular group of people. I, it's been one phone call, conference call after another, but it's, it's such an incredible group of people to work with. I mean, Alan Johnson, Michelle Damagala, Chad Head, uh, Tony, Richard Freeman, uh, everybody involved with this, Bob Tasca, Steve Torrance, Woody Woodruff, everybody that's involved with the Pro Superstar Shootout. It's a group of people that are swimming in the same direction, that share a common goal. And I promise you guys, I, I don't care what any naysayer says, what any detractor has to say, this is a significant happening in the sport of drag racing because this is when the rubber meets the road. This is when a relationship is born where the racers and the promotion are equally yoked. Everybody's invested. Everybody has skin in the game and everybody feels that the, the roadmap is in place. We have a destination picked out and we are driving towards that destination. And I think personally, that is something that has not existed in this world of drag racing for many, many moons. And I am so freaking excited to be a part of bringing this group of people together and saying, Hey, there's more out there for us. There is a bigger, brighter, better future for the sport of drag racing. This, this is a high tide moment. Every sanction, every series is enjoying a really strong 2023. And I think that that's what makes this even more special is that we're not waiting until something has gone awry or until we're seeing some sort of downturn. We're, we're taking action now when we are packed with momentum and people are fired up and times are good and that is what's going to make this thing have staying power and longevity. I couldn't be more excited to have Skag Power Equipment as a partner, to have that group of people cast their vote with their wallet and recognize, appreciate, and be excited to jump at this opportunity. It's a, it's a huge deal. I can't wait. There are 1,500 independent Skag Power Equipment dealers around the United States, and I hope we have them all. I truly do. I hope we create an environment where... Every single Skag dealer cannot wait to be a part of the Pro Superstar Shootout. Be down at Bradenton Motorsports Park for a real deal Nitro Pro Stock Shootout under the lights at a Saturday night drag strip. We're going to have ourselves all sort of fun, sorts of fun, guys. What do you, Jay, Mike, um, you've been involved in this, creating logos, doing artwork, and working with Nate on press releases. I mean, 
What, what, what's your take on having such a big, impactful brand jump on board with an event like this so early on, right? We've only announced this event, what, a month ago? Not even? Yeah. A couple of weeks? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just reading the press release, some of the things he says in here really jump out to me that they don't just see this. He's not just throwing money around because he, he's hanging out with his friends or loves drag racing. They use this as activation for their dealers, and they actually see a business value in this. Um, and, and these guys, Skag's on... I don't even know the number of cars at this point um, and their investment in the sport. And I guess the ROI they're seeing on it already um, encouraging them to continue and expand their investment. And it, it to me uh, just says a lot about what the sport has to offer. And if you're involved in drag racing and you're mowing your lawn on anything, but a skag mower at this point, then uh, you're doing it wrong. I couldn't agree more. I mean, it's time. Uh, this I'm is you, you got to go get are? one T. Yep. You've got the biggest yard out of the bunch here, so yeah. you've got to go get a skag yeah. mower. Yep. They may hook you up. They may cut you a deal at least, bare minimum. I bet you can get a deal. Ooh, I like deals. <laughs> <laughs> and you like buying stuff. And I like so buying this, stuff. this is a, I mean, on top of all, all the investment this guy that uh, Skag and Randy and everyone there have made so far, this is a significant investment in this race, taking the title rights, sponsorship, just right off the bat, you know just working from the top down here and just getting the, the big one out of the way and just making that commitment up front. Like you said, a month in after we've announced it uh, also says a lot about what we're doing here, the team we have that's putting this race together and the value that they see in it. I'm excited to have, I've been like joking around and I say this like kind of haphazardly and I don't, I don't mean to get myself in trouble, but I've been saying for a long time, like, all we need is some people to believe in us. Mm -hmm. Like if we can get a couple of these big linchpin partners, people that have some stroke, people that have some serious resources, there some magic can happen quick, fast, and in a hurry. And I think that that's what's happening. I actually was talking to an old friend of mine today, Max Naylor. That's a name you haven't heard oh, of. Boy. The old Jaegermeister Jaeger, pro stock man. Dodge Avenger. That was a fun <sighs> pro stock pit to hang around back in the day speaking of this is what max told JT, me you phone. would have loved that one you would the have pictures the pictures on the wall right here next to me yeah do you have <laughs> that photo that i took yeah. that photo at the winter nationals in 2007 i think and i actually was telling max this story because i think it, it it's significant he was we were reminiscing and kind of uh sharing old war stories and whatnot max naylor was on the cover of the second ever issue of drag illustrated right so shannon the iceman jenkins was on issue number one and max naylor the driver of the jaegermeister serve cold keep on ice dodge avenger was pro that stock. deal was that, agreement was that a made after some uh some jaeger i took that photo in the, in the uh in the staging lanes at the at pomona with uh, a camera that i bought for like 600 yeah, bucks at a photo, Best Buy. It's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing. I just figured out how to turn it on. This is what I told Max Naylor. So we hadn't, I don't think at that time in 07, we, we hadn't even put out an issue of the magazine when I went to that race. And I think about how far we've come as a group. I went to the NHRA Winter Nationals in 2007. They wouldn't give me a credential, right? Uh, they, they wouldn't give me a credential because I didn't, I didn't have a magazine. I hadn't like proven that we were going to press yet. So... I bought a ticket. Well, I flew across the country from St. Louis to Ontario, California, got a rental car, had to pay like $1,000 for a rental car because I was 22 years old, right? So it was crazy rates. And then I bought a ticket at the gate to get into the winter net, paid to park, bought a ticket and went into the races. And I shot most of that race from the grandstands. I wasn't able to get like uh, courtside or whatever, you know, trackside to shoot the, the action. But I remember taking that picture of, of Max and 
immediately fell in love with the guy, big character. I'm a pro stock guy. So I just loved what was going on. And I loved that there was a huge brand like Jägermeister involved with door slammer dragon. Yeah, that right? was because awesome. There was a huge thing. A if huge you remember, deal. that was a three year yeah. deal. They did activations at a slew of different races. They had this incredible hospitality. But the reason I bring this whole story up is Max and I were just talking and he mentioned Sydney Frank importing and Jägermeister as a brand and he said that, you know, all the people that he spoke to at Jägermeister, despite that deal ultimately ending, and that had a lot to do with a death in ownership group and a change of CEO, things that were way out of Max's control, right? But they pointed to NHRA drag races as the best bang for their buck that they'd ever had in terms of corporate hospitality. Right. And I think about <clears throat> drag racing, and I've thought about this a lot, that this sport really works well when it comes to entertaining a group, right? Like the way that you have Randy from Skag and I were talking about this last night, like on a typical race day, if you go to the finals, you've got four pilgrimages to the starting line. Like this whole thing of like, okay, they called us to the lanes and you get your guest and you round up the little group that you're going to bring. And uh, you know, on a day that you go to the finals, you got four opportunities to do that. Even on a typical qualifying day, you have two. So there's like all these moments that drag racing produces. I've had this whole kind of thing that I think needs to be talked about. And I know we're running out of time because we've got a guest to bring on here, but have you, ha, could it be argued that we as a sport have spent so much time acting like our, our, our weaknesses, our strengths are our weaknesses. You know, like we spend all this time laboring over, Oh man, drag races take all day. And it's, it, it doesn't happen in two or three hours. Well, nobody goes to an NFL game for the two or three hour game. You know what I mean? Like Mike, if his team's losing, leaves in the third quarter. That's right. He doesn't even go that season. <laughs> he doesn't even <laughs> stay till the end of the game. Right. Still because he's, but th that's my point. Yeah, we start early. We, we've started. They don't early. go. You're not going for the game. And I think drag racing and this is I hope everybody's got their ears on. Right. Like. Nobody's going for the races. That the races are such a, they're a huge part of it. Don't get me wrong. Very important. But in the grand scheme of things, it's a small part of it. And I mean, I reflect on my time at the IndyCar race, sweat, my, sweat through my socks, miserable experience in downtown Nashville. It's 100 degrees out, right? 22,000 steps. I can't wait to go to an IndyCar race again. I saw two IndyCars go past me at 150 miles an hour. Zoom, zoom. That's it. That's all I saw. I have no idea what the purse was. I have no idea who qualified number one. I have no idea who won the race. I couldn't name an IndyCar driver. Graham Rahal. That's it. Because he's married <laughs> to Courtney yeah. Force. But that's that whole event's built around the corporate hospitality. It is. And, it's built around an experience. Yeah. And we, as a sport, like, why isn't... It's okay that it takes all day to have a drag race. We've got to quit acting like that's some sort of Achilles heel. Like, well, you're, you know, when you're saying that the races don't matter... I think what you're saying it, it from a corporate hospitality perspective and a lot of times even from a fan perspective, it, because on our, our next guest, uh, Lizzie Musi, who we're going to bring on, we can talk about this with her. Th those fans at those MPK races, they're there to see their favorite character, their favorite TV star buy merch. Um, the racing is awesome. And, and they're there to see that. And that kind of anchors sure the whole deal. Post, you know, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Be a part of the thing. That's what they're there for. And yep. so, to it's, be a part of yeah. something, right? Scott to have a memory. About it on the, the racing business, you'll you'll see the episode come out here in a week or two. But he was talking about the same thing, and that 
um, that Skag was talking, he was talking about them as well, that, you know, they don't really care if their car, you know, wins that race, but it gives them so many opportunities to bring people out, show them a good time. And, and really there's no, there's really not another platform where you can do that with so many people. You know, I think sometimes weekend. as a sport, I, I made this example on our conference call earlier this week, but it's really been like stuck in my head is that I think sometimes as a sport, we get so have you ever been to a sport like a stick and ball sporting event, like an NFL or an NFL game or an NBA game? And there's that like group of people up in the nosebleeds that are got their faces painted and they've got shoulder pads on and one of them's got a mohawk. Yep. And, yeah, that's JT. Yep. That's okay, that's JT. <laughs> those people are coming to the game no matter what, right? That yep. Those are the hardcores. And I think drag racing, we're catering so much to the hardcores that we forget, like most forget of the, the guys, people, yeah, yeah, that are just there, coming they're, out, they're, like to hear a yeah. nitro car. You, you know what I mean? Like they, they're, they're yeah. telling you to sit down. Hey, down yeah. in front. No, yeah, they're just up. coming to, for the <laughs> experience. I mean, most yeah. people don't come to a drag race expecting to see it start to finish. You know what I mean? They're gonna come watch a round of racing, walk around, buy a fifteen dollar beer, grab a couple t shirts, and go home. And we act like that's some sort of criminal offense. That's okay. That's all we need folks to do is come give us a chance. And it's, I think sometimes we're as a sport laser focused on those face on those people that have their faces painted. They're coming no matter what. If there's a hundred percent chance of rain, those guys are coming. Right. Yeah. If we run top fuel Harley or if we run big wheels, those guys are coming. They're going to the drag races. It's everybody else that we need to start paying attention to. And we can't build our entire shows across the board for our hardcores. We have to find a way to introduce people to drag racing, show them a great drag racing product, but have a band, have a DJ, have you a beer garden, have, yeah, I mean, have just, some just other because... stuff. Just because how people are wired anymore, you know, the, the downtime, people have to be entertained 100% yep. of the time. And I was thinking about this, the, the downtime drag racing produces, isn't that fantastic? Like built-in breaks? I mean, I think that's great. <laughs> We've got like four seventh inning stretches throughout the course of an event. I mean, that's great news. We act like it's horrible and it's bad and it's this thing we're never going to be able to overcome. But if framed correctly... That's a huge advantage. Like, hey, let's run cars. And we're going to play a band. Let's run cars. Let's play a different band. Let's run cars. Let's have a contest. Let's never mind. Anyways, guys, let's, uh, let's, before let's we introduce our I, first yeah. guest. Side yes. note, I, I met my wife after a bottle of Jaeger. So. <laughs> really? <laughs> I did. Yeah. Uh, on the roof of C, uh, CNR? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Romantic, <so> dude. <laughs> the rest of that story, he's not yeah. going to want to talk about. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, I want to remind you that each and every one of our episodes of the West Buck Show is made possible by way of our friends at Stroud Safety. Stroud Safety is known for their top quality racing safety equipment from drag chutes and seatbelts to fire suits and blankets, all 100% made in America. Log on to StroudSafety.com today and tell them we sent you guys. This is a big one. We're very excited to hear from her. She has been through so much in the last year, uh, an incredible story as a whole. Uh, I've known this young lady for a long time, and it's been incredible to see her meteoric rise in the sport of drag racing, go from a up-and-coming top sports and racer to a real force to be reckoned with in PDRA Pro Nitrous, moving into the No Prep King Street, Outlaw, Street Outlaws No Prep King scene in big fashion, scoring a win this past weekend at the recently completed event in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Ladies and gentlemen, let's give it up for Lizzie Musi. What's up, Lizzie? 
How you doing, guys? Hey, Lizzie. Hey. We're good. What's I new and exciting? Wow, this camera is really close. How do we adjust this situation? Yeah, yeah, perfect. You can't, you can't beat. I own the record for biggest head size on the show, so don't try to oh, get too close. Like, <laughs> this no. is really close. What should I do? No, you're, no, you're good. good. You're good. You're good. You're good. Mike, JT, go to the other view. I think she'll be happier with. No, the you're wide. good. You're good. There. Oh that's yeah, that's. You better. like this better, Lizzie? Okay. I want to make sure that you got the shot you want. You're the famous one here. So real quick, let's talk about Tulsa. I was like, okay. Let's talk about Tulsa. Like it, you've had all these storylines that exist in your life away from the racetrack. Was it nice for you to kind of remind everybody that you're a, a championship contending drag racer? Like all these other things are going on, and that's fine. But don't forget, we're here to win the drag race. Right. That's right. Yeah, we were. Um... I don't know. We've been struggling. Last year, we've been struggling. Um, this year, we struggled in the beginning of the season. But uh, I don't know. We've been going rounds, but not where, you know, we haven't been performing the way we want to be performing. And on top of everything that's going on, like with my health and, you know, uh, before the season started, we did some testing and uh, we weren't kind of we weren't sure where I was going to end up with, like with my health and everything like that. We didn't know if the season if we we're going to do the season or not. I didn't know how these treatments were going to affect me. Um, but uh, I don't know. I've been rolling with the punches pretty much. And I've been doing the treatments. I'm on my sixth treatment and I'm feeling great. I had a lot of people have been doubting me, but I have been, I've been having a major support system as well. And that's what's been giving me the motivation to keep doing what I'm doing. But uh, I don't know. I am very thankful and blessed to be able to keep doing what I'm doing. I've been reading some comments. People say, oh, no, she don't have cancer. How's she doing all this stuff? I've been going catfishing and, like, surfing and racing, and they're like, no, she don't have cancer. But you know what? I don't lie. I told it from the beginning. I said, I'm not going to let this stop me. I'm not going to let it bring me down. I'm going to push. That's how i always been. I love a challenge, and this was a big challenge for me in my life, and uh, I was going to take it full swing. I was just going to take it head on and, and that's what I'm doing. I'm, I feel good. I'm thankful. Like I'm, I'm doing all my treatments at MD Anderson and, uh, I don't have to travel back and forth to Houston. That's like a huge, it's a pain in the butt, but I'm making it happen. And, um, I don't know. Treatments have been going so well so far. I'm on a clinical trial. So like clinical trial, I'm really pouring a lot of information into one time. Sorry guys, but uh, no, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, clinical trial. So, uh, I'm on a clinical trial and then pretty much it's, uh, a medicine that you know not many people are on they're trying it out basically um it's mixed with immunotherapy so what they're really trying to bring out right now is try to get away from chemo completely which is awesome i think and this med medicine that they're giving me is like it has the backbone of chemo but it doesn't like it has like all the side effects losing hair people don't think that i i'm just gonna show you guys think that i didn't shave my head but yeah it's a wig <laughs> but anyway, that's raw moment right there. Um, but I all that. But they're, the main thing is that uh, they're trying to not be as tough on your organs. So that's the main thing of this medication. Like it has the backbone of all the side effects of chemo, losing hair, you know, being tired and all that. But um, it doesn't affect my organ. Like it's not as hard as on my organs, like as they call it the red devil. Is it like a, is it like two weeks on, one week off? Is it yeah, a, is it a pill? Yep, okay, that's so that's the same thing they put my mom on. Really? Um, yeah, and whenever I talked to your dad, it was like, because when Mike told me what was going on, I immediately reached out to your father because, you know, Pat and I are friends, and uh, it's no secret, I don't think, that both my parents are cancer survivors, and both of them... 
Yeah, both my parents are cancer survivors. Both my parents had received terminal diagnoses. So my dad was given six months to live. My mom was given five years to live. And knock on wood, um, they're still here with us today. And it's because of MD Anderson. Because, really? yeah, there. both, both of my parents were treated at MD Anderson. And wow. that place does the Lord's work, man. I jokingly talk about it with drag racing. But that is a – I've never – I've never encountered people with that level of commitment to their craft. You know, like they are so, they're as passionate about saving lives and curing cancer as we are going drag racing and putting uh, on big events. It's, it was a whole new level. When I went there, like they were so like, almost like coming in with open arms. So uh, it, it's really, and, and I'm so glad to hear that. And uh, I think that what you're having that people maybe fail to realize is having the distraction that racing provides is infinitely valuable yes. because what that gives me like pure motivation like right yeah yeah like so like when we were testing before the season started and i knew i was going for scans and waiting for like the results to come in and i think i was going to do my second run of testing or whatever and i finally got that phone call definitely was in the news i wanted to hear um but I don't know. I felt like numb, but I didn't know. I didn't cry. It was the weirdest feeling I ever had. Like, I was just like, well, you're just going to have to take care of it. That's it. What am I going to do? What am I like? I didn't feel any different. Let's let's continue testing because it that that gives me the motivation. I feel like the racing was like giving me that extra push to like get through it. Like, do this. Let's do this. You know, like, I don't know. Racing is like my life and I have a good time doing it, especially with my family. It's just I love it. And, and it gives me that push to get through this whole situation. Motivate. I think that's, that's why our sport is, it's such a special thing. And I know that I sound like a salesman, right? Because I'm like, my business is drag racing and whatnot, but it really is a unique thing. Like I was telling a friend, like, I don't, I've seen a whole lot of burnouts and I've been around all sorts of awesome racing or whatever. And I, I, that's not what makes me excited to go drag racing. I want to go see my people. Yeah. Right. You know, I want to go like see my yeah, my brothers and sisters in arms, right? And that's like, th that's this community is really special. And it's been, I'm glad you've had that because well, honestly, I think they, if you were alone your, with your, your thoughts, had that too, right, Wes? I mean, they told your mom that, that, you know, she needs a distraction. And the stronger the distraction, the better she's going to do. And wow. I believe your, your mom's situation is actually very similar to Lizzie's, both in, both in the diagnosis and the treatment of it. So, yeah, that's, I think that's something at MD Anderson that they really, concentrate on is like away from the treatment from what you both of you guys have told me it's uh the coolest thing it, it kind of riffs on drag racing i mean you think about guys like your dad and sonny leonard and david rear and all these engine builders like these guys billy out that are like trying to find a way i remember the first time my dad so my dad had really like a really bad uh, diagnosis initially and this is way back in like 2007 8 and we were just early on in the magazine i remember this is how far long ago this was doug reister had just went like wow. a three ninety something yeah. for the first that time ever light car that was freaking yes the super lightweight car that had drill batteries in it and all that stuff we just put him we just put him on the cover of the magazine for a run in threes at huntsville or somewhere right. with a nitrous car anyways so it's a hundred years ago but i remember uh this and i mean i'm not trying to like talk out of turn here probably no, be too, too transparent but my dad uh and i we myself and a family friend we all went to md anderson they basically said just show up go to the emergency room because I we didn't have an appointment. The beginning. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't have an appointment. So we just showed up and went to the emergency room. Yeah. 
And I remember they were going through all my dad's charts. And of course, real deal hospitals like MD Anderson, they don't trust anybody else's tests. So they're going to do all their own tests, all their yeah, own stuff. Oh, I know. So like I did some and then I had to redo. Yeah, because the they're not going to take anybody else's word for it. Yeah. And I think that that is, I mean, I get excited talking about because it it's just when you talk about when you're around people that are serious about what they do, yeah, it, it, you can tell it. And I remember them looking my dad square in the face and they said, hey, listen, there's two outcomes here. We will either cure you or we will kill you trying. And if you're ready to start, we'll start right now. And knock on wood, my dad's been cancer free for probably 10 years and uh, because of MD Anderson. And it was like that aggressive approach that they took. And thank God my dad had his racing friends because if it wasn't for the people around him talking about drag racing and calling him and talking about cars and buying this and selling that, I mean, he wouldn't have gotten through it don't have to like constantly think about it. he's just out there enjoying his life and racing probably was one of them so yeah it's yeah. a crazy crazy thing so how like right now so the game plan i guess i'm kind of bouncing around here but as long as you feel up to it you're gonna steady stay driving right oh yeah heck yeah heck yeah, yeah. i got i gotta say i do have a high pain tolerance I know sometimes I push myself a little bit more than I should, but uh, I don't know. Yeah, I'm. Well, yeah, I, I was gonna ask. I, I mean, feel different. I don't know. It's weird. Day okay. It, so like after treatment though, is like day three, four is the worst. But I mean, you're talking well, about. Is it is it affecting you? I mean, do you feel after a run? Do you feel more tired like during or, or during an event between runs? And it's been also been like a million degrees out there. Also, I know Tulsa was blazing hot. Like, do you just feel it? You know, a little more. Uh, tired or, or a little more winded after a run? Let me tell you something. <laughs> I think it was stress from stuff I was dealing with, not cancer. <laughs> I think this last race, I felt the best I ever felt in my whole life. And I just throw it out there. No, well, good for you. I mean, and that, that, hey, those okay. things, all those things operating around us <laughs> have a big impact on our, on the way we feel. There's no Absolutely doubt about it. 110%. So talk to us about the racing. I mean, so we're seeing kind of a new era, don't you agree, of no prep kings? Like there was this time period where there was only a handful of you guys that were really compete. And I don't mean to knock anyone. This is just being honest that there was like a handful of top tier teams and everybody else was kind of getting in where they fit in. But now in 2023, shoot, like Damon Merchant's got a hot rod. Everybody's got a hot rod. Like there's a lot of really fast cars. We're not seeing the dominance that we're used to seeing from Ryan Martin, obviously. Glad to see him walk away from what could have been a really bad deal. I think he did a great job um, making that situation in Tulsa as um, minor as it could be. But I mean, what do you, what do you take? What, what's your take right now, Lizzie, just on the state of no prep Kings drag racing? I mean, it, it feels as competitive as maybe as it ever been. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. When you stand up in the driver's meeting, I mean, you almost majority, you don't want to draw any of the guys, you know, um, or girls out there because there's more girls this year, which is freaking awesome. I love it. Paige Coughlin and we got Kelly Mills and then Kayla and me. So uh, um, that's badass. But I really, really, really like the mix up here because I'm not going to I'm not, you know, knocking Ryan or anything like that because they work their asses off to get where they're at. I think testing and working hard gets you to be on top, you know, and that's what they did. But I think a lot had to do with maybe the rule changes, rule changes, tire size. Um, I think that had a lot to go into play with, you know, how the mix up started, started happening. I don't know. Ryan was struggling a little bit. I know the only thing they changed was the tire size. I don't know if they changed anything else, but um, I don't know. They struggled a little bit with that. Um, 
But it's cool to see other guys on top. I like the mix-up. Uh, we needed that. I mean, Ryan, he's been dominating three – what is it, three, season, three seasons in a row? So that's uh, – we need a little change. So I, I like seeing different guys on top. Um, I don't know. Everyone's been – and, and a, lot new, a lot more new faces. I know they changed the whole um, – set up with like teams to doing like a whole draft. It was so, I'm still confused how this whole team thing works. Yeah. Bring us back in here, JT, because uh, Mike and I, I need Mike on here as well. Mike, come back. Okay. Michael, two. Th so Michael. first question, let's do this as a group. And then I'm going to throw a tech yeah. question into Mike and you, uh, what do you make? Uh, I'm not sure how I feel about the, the draft situation. Uh, so there was these teams created and, and you jump in anytime, Mike, you may know JT, you may know the details better than I, but so they, they created this draft night. It was a super cool moment initially. Well, that's the, that's right? the thing. That's where we're going to go with this is that no one yeah. knows the situation. Well, cause the cause teams change from week yeah. to week. There's no continuity or and very little aware. continuity. Yeah. I was yeah. not aware initially that they, that they were going to allow replacements and dropping guys and adding guys and trying to trade guys. Um, that's really, maybe it'll make a lot more sense once the show airs on TV. That's kind of what I'm hoping. But every week <laughs> we're, we're trying to keep up with what's going on with these teams. And, I, and I've almost kind of just forgotten about the team aspect of it, which I think was going to be exciting and interesting going into the season. And we're kind of just back to focusing on who's winning each race. Yeah. I think it, I think it would be if, if like there was a limit, you know, like, okay, you have like three get out of jail cars. You know, you have a car on your team that's not performing well. Or, or you broke. break up with your girlfriend. Yeah. yeah or something <laughs> like <Sorry>. that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I thought it was funny. <laughs> and we got to get rid of her. Yeah. Listen, yeah. we got yeah. one to burn. Yeah. Well, we that's what we heard. Right. We heard yeah. that's that's if there was a limit on it, if there was a limit on it, I think that would make more sense for everybody. Because, so in our fantasy basketball yes. league, JT, weren't transactions limited? Like you could only make a couple yeah. of moves and a season. That's how it is. Uh, yeah, that's how it, that's is how it typically things. is, right? And then, and then some of them, you know, if you, if you want to make extra moves in that, then you have to pay big money, you know, to make those moves. So. See, because I think if they could have had like, okay, we're going to draft a team and throughout the course of the season, you can make three changes. Yeah, yeah or, or, have, or have your alternates like, like, the P, like the PBR does. Have your alternates that you can bring up, you know. Like they're well, on your they, team, they they're on your bench. The entire, uh, they spent the entire offseason promoting this. I mean, we all remember the voting every day. Vote, vote, vote <laughs> yeah, for the vote, team yeah. thing. And and now <laughs> it's they like really knew what it was all about now. Yeah, <laughs> and, and I, my hope is, I mean, a lot of smart people over at Discovery and Sam and those guys, and I'm sure they have a plan. And this will be further uh, explained when the show airs. But from from yeah. all of us trying to like bootleg it right now and watch the YouTube streams and everything, it's like <laughs> it's it's very confusing. Oh, it is. I mean, confusing as a racer, for real. You just got to go out there and do your job, I guess. Yeah. You don't know what jersey to buy, right? <laughs> no. yeah. Well, and, I mean, and then you see people where it's like, I, I was shocked because I thought this team thing could be, because I saw a great comment, and I don't know if this is the same lady that's doing uh, YouTube videos. Lindsay, it's L-Y-N-S-E-Y, Lindsay Oakley Hubbard. I don't know this person, but I stumbled across, I think, their YouTube channel. And they did like she did this really good breakdown of the street out like the of the race like she showed each round and she like reacted to this is the one you just won you should look it up because it's yeah. actually really interesting uh, she did a great job and I just give her kudos for name? like I think it's this Lindsay Oakley Hubbard it's somebody Hubbard on YouTube you should try to find it but it, it drag racing needs way more of this it's like her personal breakdown of MPK Tulsa round by round and it was really really incredible but anyways watching her breakdown of the race 
to kind of prepare for this interview, I thought it's interesting. There was an opportunity to like build up these teams where it was going to be like meaningful Dean and mean Dean and the Dean's list and yeah. Kai's team with you and uh, Ryan Martins. I thought that was like, Oh man, this is going to be great. Cause it's going to give us introduce some new characters and we're yeah. going to see some people moving around. Um, but it feels Clay like it says it's, it's his sister, Lee Milliken oh. Hubbard. No joke. I didn't know that. Cause really? she's okay. Oh, there. Wow. So Clay's in the outro of the video. She oh, wow. talks about the video and Clay's in it. It's really good. I'm like, holy crap, this is really good. Yeah, you have to check it. Anyways, she's doing a fan. But my point is, I do think she's right. It, it's a great way to introduce like these up and comers. But I wouldn't want, how do you feel if you're the up and comer that gets brought up and then shit canned like the next week? Well, yeah. I know. You know, I feel like you got to give some of these people an opportunity, give them some time. Because I was reading some of the comments, it gives the futures like a chance to race in the show. I guess so. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's I like the the concept. I think is strong, but it needs some refinement. Is it's all. a tough. It's tough to pull off that whole deal. It's, it's, you know, I thought they could do it, and I I still think it's gonna uh, end up okay once the show airs. But it's yeah. tough to pull that off. But speaking of tough, I wanted to ask about. We talked about Ryan Martin. Uh, you were gonna race him in the semis. He crashed, I think, the round prior, um, and sort of illustrated something that you or Pat. And I have talked about, I know you guys have talked about, and this happened to you where this deal is so tough now and the racing um, is so competitive. You have so many races back to back. You almost have to have two cars. Oh and God. Ryan now has had to go back to his backup car. Mm -hmm. You are, are in a position where you actually have two full blown real deal NPK cars yeah. and you debuted the new one, Bonnie 2.0 this weekend and go straight to the winner circle. But do, do you have to have two cars? Uh, Swanstrom's building another car. At this point, if you want to be top level and be competitive, do you have to have two of these things? I know, like our main focus was, like I told my dad, like if we do the street stuff, we want a decent car to, you know, run the streets. So that's what I had in my mind, like, you know, have a backup for a street car instead of using our MPK car to run on the street, you know, and changing it all around, four lanes, small tires, all that. So, um that was our major concern, but I don't know the way how this schedule runs. I think it is smart just in case something does happen, which I don't want it to happen to anyone or whatever, you know, but as our schedule gets so close and bit back to back races like that it is a smart move to have another car. Do you think that there's anything that like will two damn cars like that? I mean, what freaking other organization would have two freaking cars? Like, yeah. And, 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 and to me, it also speaks to a lot of people forget this is no prep racing and you're racing basically yeah. a pro mod. you got a nine, whatever, 72 yeah. in right. a, running it in on no prep, the same engine yeah. they're running in pro nitrous or, yeah. you know, these these pro charger and blown cars, same thing. And how how much more sketchy that is, especially down track than running PDRA, running in HRA on a prep track. And that's where this stuff happens. And even, and even top level drivers, like it's happened to Swanstrom's happened to Ryan oh, Martin's yeah. happened to you. It's oh, happened to, I, I know like a lot of, I, every time, if I have a crash or something like that, I always get freaking people plow me to death, but you oh, know, yeah. whatever I've seen so many, like Ricky Smith, my dad, like they all been there, done that. Like they all had their fair share. Yep. I feel like if you're racing long enough, it's, it's going to happen. 
it's just it's it's just gonna i mean it's it's bound to happen like you're you're in such a competitive state of mind like that race when i raced against uh ryan um it was last year and was it where was i i think or was it told no it was uh tucson Tucson, yeah and uh ryan was the man to beat and no one could have beat him at the time and uh went to run my race let go of the button uh, car left pretty good, went towards the center line a little bit. I didn't see him. So, of course, you're in race state of mind. You're in racer mode. Like, you don't see the other guy in the other lane. The car got a little bit loose. And, of course, I didn't see him. And I quick pedaled it. One tire was in the group. One wasn't. And it just kind of – and that's what I saw what happened with Ryan. His wasn't as bad as mine was. But I saw him got over to the lane. And, and I saw him when he was way out of the group. He pedaled it. And, it you know, that's when I got crazy. But, of course, when you see the – other guy in the other lane, you're going to give it all you got. Like, you know, where he's at, you're going to try to get to the finish line first. That's what you have in your mind, you know? So, uh, I don't know. It's just those um, chances you take. Like, it, the competition is so competitive right now. You're just going to give it all you got. But that's just an embracer mentality. And I think that people, like, one of the things that I've been reading on social, and I got a whole point I want to make about social media here real quick. But uh, firstly, though, it's uh, I think that there's this belief system that the the bigger the money and, you know, Lizzie's got two cars, Ryan's got two cars, oh, yeah. Justin Swanson's got two cars. And, and there's this belief, I think, that like, oh, it's going to wane in popularity because it's becoming uh, elite and you've got to have big money and blah, 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 blah. But what I think No Prep Kings, Sam Corcus, Discovery Pilgrim, everybody that's involved in this deal what they're doing that no one else in drag racing has done previously is building stars. So they're building superstar characters. And I don't think the fan base cares if you're racing a tricycle, a Promod Camaro, a Stratus. They want to see Lizzie Musi compete. They're a fan of you. The cars, the motors, all that stuff is secondary. And I think our sport, we're so trained. They're like, oh, now they're running huge motors and tube chassis cars and these things yeah. are beyond. I don't know that that has any – I don't think it has any bearing whatsoever no, I don't think it does on the popularity. I was yeah. listening in yeah. to your guys' conversation before I went up, came on, but like you were saying, people are so interested in the racers themselves. I guess, you know, like they, they come to see the racers, you know, and uh, like I'll be going up for a run and the people will just stay at my boot, like stay at the tent until I come back. I'm like, you're not going to watch the races. No, we'll stay here when you get back. I said, okay. <laughs> but that you are just you're making like the most magical point that has maybe ever been made. Like that's where as a sport, like everybody special. that's involved, it'd be special has to form, think though. about it. If their favorite driver pulls off the win while they're there, though, you you want you want your you know your horse to win. You know well, they're they're also we I've been there and I've seen what Lizzie's talking about. They're excited to be there when she comes rolling back in, you know, standing on the the, oh, yeah. the yeah. you know in the door and they're clapping, and cheering. That's what I do. Yeah, yeah. butt it, on it, the X bar. Door yeah. arm on the yeah, roof. Yeah. That's called pro stocking it. In yeah, case you didn't know, that's called pro stocking. And it. also another key to that is the TV cameras are there, and I think that they think. Hey, I'm gonna go wherever the TV cameras are. Yeah, I'm gonna be on TV when they show Lizzie rolling back in here, and I think that that or that, you stage you stage yourself yeah. for for you know that she's gonna be coming back. So right. so you're gonna get set up. You know you get your lawn chairs set up. You know at the spot. You know you know you know what I mean though. You know like you're it's very you know true. That they're coming down. So you're gonna you're gonna get set up first and beat the rest of the fans there. 
But that says so much. I mean, and I see it. I've seen it at NHRA races. I remember vividly being at the NHRA Midwest Nationals in St. Louis. This probably been, I remember I brought my brother-in-law, not you, not JT, but my other brother-in-law, David, who's a little bit more of a stick in the mud than JT. He's, he's a lawyer. Um, but I was bringing him to the Who drag races for the more first of a time. The JT. Right? Everybody's more of a stick in the mud than JT. But I was bringing my brother-in-law to the drag races and I, we got killer seats to set him in the tower there. You know, like the, the seats that are beside um, uh, the tower that kind of are at an angle. Anyways, we're up there watching. And for whatever reason, he maybe didn't get down in the first run. John Force was like the second pair in the second pair of cars out. He does his burnout, makes a good run or whatever. And there is like a mass exodus. Oh, There's like 15 or yeah, 20 more funny cars to run. They, they haven't even run top fuel yet. Yeah. And the yeah. stands are emptying because all these people, they saw John Force run. That's what they came to do. And now they're going to go see him. And I think that that is really, a, that's exactly what you're talking about. And we as a sport need to recognize that these stars, people such as yourself, John Force, and the list goes on, they will carry us into the future if we let them. True. But we got to get out of their way. We got to help them. We got we to do everything we can to to, to build that star and like, you know, enjoy their time being there. And I mean, that's the biggest thing. Like the way how they run us is so hard. Like uh, you come back from a run and you only have about 20 minutes. So you have to go back up for the, the driver's meeting and chip draw and all that stuff and interviews and like with the OTS for the show or whatever. And I try to come out there and see the fans as much as, they, as I can, but they're, they will stay there for hours just stand like I'll like come back out later on when I get a chance. Oh yeah, I've been here for three hours waiting for you. I'm like Okay, real question. Real question. How crazy surreal is that to you? Like I know where you come from. I know your family. I know your sister. Like I know and how crazy is that to like have people tell you that they're gonna stand in the heat in three hours to see you. Oh, What's it, that feel like? Not, there's times where I lay in bed and it finally everything just, you know, kind of hits me, you know, and it just it, it really means a lot. Like, I'll even get emotional about it, like seeing where I started from and, and how I wanted to, like, take my racing career and seeing where it is now that I feel like I um, I don't know. I feel like I'm, I'm succeeding in what I wanted, like being an inspiration to others. I've been getting a lot of more women fans and little girls and even the younger, like kids just coming up. That's like the biggest thing. Like you want to, you know, have them enjoy their experience, like give them your time because they'll remember that forever. You know, you know, um, drag racing, drag racing is like one of the only sports that you can get that close to a celebrity. Um, yeah. where, you, where you can yeah, get down in the pit and see them. You know, you, you think about someone, you know, I'm in my forties, uh, you know, there's a lot of people my age that probably have never met a a TV star or a, a full, you know a celebrity that they watched on TV when they were a kid. Yeah, there, like there was no chance that they would have ever ran into that person. Yeah. So yeah. so to be able to see someone that they have watched on TV and be able to get that close to them at a, yeah. at a drag race, which wouldn't happen in any other sport. Let's just get. I mean that that would not happen. You're not going to be able to get right down next next to the stars of the of the show, and and be able to take a selfie and or take a picture and post it on their timeline, like that they were there with you, you know, yeah. you know, like heck, half, the, half the pictures, you don't know if maybe they pulled pulled you into to pit on their crew or something. Yeah. Lizzie, I'm curious, do you get any sort of media training from Discovery Pilgrim? Like, did they ever like sit you guys down? Um, or is this something where everybody's kind of left to their own devices to, to find their own way? No, never sat us down or anything, kind of left left it on our own. But my biggest thing in life was just to be myself. And that's the easiest thing. I feel like 
if you're trying to be someone you're not, I think that's more work than just to try to be your, try to be you, you know? And that's all I ever did is like, if I do an interview with you guys or I'm just speaking from my heart or whatever comes to mind, I'm going to tell you guys how I feel and whatever comes from my heart, that's it. You know, it's, I feel like it's way easier that way to, um, I don't know. There's a lot of truth in that, you know, just to be putting yourself, yourself out like things easier. Putting yourself out there like that is really hard though, right? Can you share with us like what have you been surprised by like the online hubbub here and there? Like, did you expect that when all this started? I mean, what, give us your thoughts on just dealing with that social media thing. Yeah. yeah. You know, you got a lot of the naysayers a lot, you know, and I kind of at first, you know, in the beginning, yeah, it really, it bothered me because I feel like because I'm a people pleaser and I feel like I want to make everyone happy, everyone like me. And that's just impossible. That's just not going to happen. But over the years, I learned that to accept that you're going to have the haters and the lovers, you know, and I'm going to accept all of them. And, you know, just uh, in time, I like I learned to accept it pretty much, you know, and I try to stay off social media. Um, it's just aggravating to me. This is but. This is new. This is new, Lizzie, for for you know these reality stars today. Um, yeah. it, it, this is all new to get instant feedback because social media, really, when you look at it, isn't that old. So no. you know, the, so so people people that used to be on TV, you know, they wouldn't get any feedback until they got some letters in the mail. You know, two months <laughs> later or something, you know, or smoke signal from the from the next town or whatever. But you know, you guys are getting instant feedback. You know, if you do get on social media afterwards right. i mean and then and there's gonna be haters i mean because that, that's just how that's how social that media works they know where what hospital you were born in yeah <laughs> well and it's weird because i i read this thing over the weekend and it's called have you ever that nobody's ever heard of this because i'm a weirdo but it's called the 99 one rule have you ever heard of this 99 one okay so basically and this is interesting for everybody Born in 1990. Yeah. Oh my God. Don't 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 be starting now. Now you're making me feel old. JT's probably feeling really old. I really um, don't. Okay. No. But uh, JT is like, harder on himself than good. everybody. Yeah. Harder on his body than any one of us. And uh, still always feels good. Always feels good. Yeah. But uh, the 99 1 rule talks about how 90% of the people on social media just lurk. Nine percent respond and like participate every once in a while. One yeah. percent create the bulk of the original content. So what it, it's a reminder, the 991 rule should serve as a reminder that social media is not a great representation of what people think. Wow. Right? Because a that. very small group of people actually say what they think on social. Ninety percent of the people on social media don't say shit. They just get on there and read. You know what I mean? They just they're they're lurkers, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I think sometimes I read an article last night, and it was about something about Taylor Swift's most recent concerts ending in in California. And it was all these people, or they were trying to paint a picture of all these people are outraged by this behavior. But if you really think about it through the lens of the 90-91 principle, it's probably two people posted on social 
that they didn't like the outfit Taylor was yeah, wearing, right? right? And true. it becomes, oh, people are outraged about the outfit yes. that Taylor. Well, no, of, no, 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 no. Yeah, Two the media outlet will spin that with a, with a headline, right? And yeah, and it's yeah. but it's important to know those things because it's easy to get on social and think that this is actually what the world thinks. Mm -hmm. This is actually people are pissed because that's for me personally. I think about that all the time. If you get on social, if you let your life, if you let the What's the word? If you let social media be your thermostat, right? You're going to be in deep shit. Yeah, you, you need to like. You need to go amongst the people. You need to go look around. Go to a local festival. Go to your local town square. People are happy. People yeah. are doing well. Great things are happening in the world, right? Great and really, most things. of those lurkers that you talked about, they're not going to jump into that nine percent of the one percent of participating unless they're pissed off and have something bad to say. Correct. Yeah, that's, that's like true. that's like product reviews. How many times? I mean, we're all probably guilty of this. You get something, you go buy something, you love it. Love it. You don't you don't go online to say, man, I really love this. It, it worked out awesome. But if it broke or you're pissed or the company, you know, customer what service is, sucked, what, what you go say? on and leave a bad yeah, review. Yeah. 48, 48 people will 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 leave a bad review or something for a bad place to eat or or whatnot or bad, bad something they have a bad review about. But if you right. love something, only three people will. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. true. And, yeah, and I think so that those are a, that's a great thing to remind yourself, like just as you make it through life, is that social media is not a great reflection of how people really feel about things. And to Mike's point, people are also typically very on either end of the spectrum. If you go look at books on Amazon, you'll notice books either have five star reviews or one star reviews. They don't have three, two, or four. It's either you love this book and it changed my life, oh, yeah. or I hate this person. I hope their family burns in hell. No, like, there's no middle ground. None. There's no middle ground. There is no middle ground. No. No. no it's. I try to stay off social media. Well, like I have to post and stuff yeah. here and there, but I try not to read the comments. But I feel like I do have a lot more support than the negativity. I think you absolutely do. And like the reaction to this show, I'll be honest with you. We, we pay attention to this stuff. We track all the numbers, we track everything. And it's like, Lizzie's going to, Lizzie moves the needle and you do, you are a needle mover in our space. I mean, I think about the brands that support you, the people that rally around you and want to be a part of what you do, Lizzie. I mean, I hope, I hope you do take stock of that at times, like the late at night alone or whatever going, you know what, you've really made a mark here. You know, in the fact that I can't imagine how proud your pops is because yeah. not very many people are able to take their passion for drag racing and turn it into a career. You've got to be like uh, me. Yeah. I knew early on, like I, whenever I was 16, 17, 20 years old, I didn't think there was a pathway for me to become a race car driver. I remember like in the beginning when you had like the paperback, like magazine, everything. I was like, oh, but I mean, that was, I mean, I, I mean, I hate to say this because I'm really happy with how things worked out, now, but that was, I, mean, I was trying to get into drag racing and I knew that I wasn't going to be able to become a driver. I needed to do so. I needed to start a business because there was no other way to do it. So you're a real, because even in NHRA, Richard Freeman and I have this conversation a lot. If you look at the NHRA, there aren't that many hired gun drivers. Most of them either bring a big sponsor, you know, have have big wealth um, yeah. and are able to pay for their ride. Yeah. The no, what is for me, what's so exciting about No Prep Kings is that there are people that are earning a living drag racing. Yeah. Yourself, Ryan Martin, Daddy Dave, uh, Justin Swanch. The fact that there are people earning a living drag racing 
and not doing it at national events, racing eighth mile, racing door cars. This is a big thing for the sport. It it's a very, thing. very good thing. Super thing. And we, did, and we didn't see it coming. I mean, you know, Doc had a conversation with us one time leaving uh, Lights Out. Remember that, Wes? And we were, we were stuck trapped in, in Valdosta. Yeah, we oh. were. And he was like, man, if you guys could help me out, I just want to drag race for a living. And we were like, so And that was in the yeah, early, you know, that. I mean, you know, yeah. And, yeah. And well, and but it's happened now. You know, it's crazy. It's came. Yeah. A long what's way. what's cool for Pat and Lizzie too is like Pat made his living in drag racing. He was yeah. from mm -hmm. the heyday where you know the the pro stock deal, then into pro street, selling out the t shirts. You know, living off of all that, living off of booked in shows, TV, the whole deal. And then now, yeah. And then now, what's crazy is Lizzie's doing it, doing it the same way. Like you both have kind of found that narrow pathway of making a living drag racing and that's got to be awesome for you guys and, and pat's got to be really proud of that kind of like found the second coming of the type of racing that he did i wish i had his brains though he's when, when i don't know i don't want to know what's going on in that brain. <laughs> like when it comes down to engines and stuff like that man he's so smart like yeah, he, just, no, he, he is conversation smart. on the phone i'm like where's he come up with this stuff you know what do you think <laughs> so one of the things that i want to do you have a minute or are we keep it can yeah, you hang no, for a no, while no, okay um <laughs> one of the things Jim Howe made a post on social that I thought was really like I, I thought it was cool and it was a couple of months I don't even know when it was I I say yesterday and it was like three months ago but he made a post about like hey sorry about all the calls I missed like we didn't get done filming till two o'clock in the morning and then I tried to sleep for a couple hours can you talk about like the the grind that is this filming schedule and how much is asked of you as a character and as a person a personality on this show because I think sometimes there are those of us on the outside that are going like jealous, but I don't think we see like, Hey, we're going to film this. We got to film this. You got to be here. You got to be there. Can you kind of just talk about some of the challenges that, and the, the life that is being a celebrity and being on camera all the time? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, you got a specific schedule. I mean, they run us like clockwise, like at events, you know, it's not like a normal race, you know, like when I race PDRA and stuff like that, where you just go there and you race, you're focusing on racing and that's it, you know, but here, you know, you go to the event and you start your day and you go, you get the car ready, warmed up. And then you go into the driver's meeting, go to the driver's meeting. And then they want you back in about 30 minutes or 20 minutes for first round. You got to haul butt, you know, get your car ready, roll up the first round and then win or lose, you know, say you win, you get your car ready and you got to go back up for the driver's meeting again for the chip draw and then in between they do like these ot they call them otfs um what's that stand for huh? oh that's a good i don't know i just know otf is like <laughs> they just call it otf i don't know it's just like like you know you see on the show where we talk about the on the fly on the front oh okay oh yeah in reality television otfs are on the fly are usually oh, done yeah. after a dramatic event okay yeah. I, don't even know that. I love knowing what the acronyms mean. I have to. <laughs> yeah. Like, whatever is going on, I have to know what it means. That I probably should have known. No, but uh, yeah, but like, you know, you, I mean, just juggling us back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And like, I mean, you get wore out, you know, you got to you got to do these like interviews and stuff, but you also got to focus on racing. Then in between all that, you know, you got to spend time with the fans and like those lines will go forever. Like, I mean, I'll sometimes stand out there for like an hour and a half. I mean, it's just insane. And just the line goes, goes, goes. And then they call us, all right, you got to go back up to the line again. Like, it's just back and forth, back and forth. And the last race in Tulsa, so we started a little bit later. 
because of the heat and everything. And we didn't finish that race until two o'clock in the morning. I mean, they just ran us like crazy. But MPK is not as bad compared to when we were on the streets. Now, let me give you the street setup. Now, that's rough. We start 7 o'clock at night, and we'll run all the way until the sun comes up, 7 o'clock in the morning. And those nights are rough. Let me tell you, you I literally turn into a full-blown vampire, I guess, because <laughs> we, we, we finish 7 in the morning, we go to sleep, and we start back up at 7 o'clock again in the evening. So it's just it's insane. I don't know. It, it really does drain you out. I mean – you got to still be able to do your job as a driver in the car and, you know, still do your job as a character on the show. It's just it's a lot on your mind and physically, mentally, everything and just trying to be on top of everything. Like, you know, it's just it's a lot. I, I think I'm glad you shared that because I think on it's easy for people to be jealous or envious of where you are and what you're what yeah, you're doing right now. But they haven't seen that part of it. Like, yeah, no, it's just it's a lot of pulling one arm in this direction, another one in this direction. And you just like, I mean, I wish I could split myself in half. All right, you go do this and you go do that. <laughs> <laughs> what do we got to do to get you in a ProMod car at the World Series of ProMod? Oh, Does dad have something sitting around? I, well, we should talk about something. When is that? March. <laughs> I would love to get back. The first, weekend in, the first weekend in March. The first weekend in March, 2024. Um Let's make that happen right here on the show. We Let's make, to make that it happen. happen this past year. I don't know if you're even aware, but we, we, were, we were working on that this past year. Surely your dad's got a customer that's that that will get a seat poured and put you in a hot rod so you can put that thing in the beams for a hundred grand. And that would like, be badass. Hey, yeah. I got to tell you something. Let me tell you something right now. Bonnie 2.0 is light enough to be a freaking pro my car. Let me tell you. <laughs> now I'm going to have to make steel roof and quarter rules, Mike. Get ready to add that. We're going to have to have steel roof and quarter rules. Oh, that would be badass. Oh, Let me tell you. <laughs> Holy moly, man. I know how lighter that car is. I'm just going to throw it out there. That's No joke. It's like literally pro nitrous weight. Yeah. I'm telling well, you. I mean, if, it, if it met weight, couldn't um, we let her run it? Huh? Yeah. Will that thing run? Will it run 70s? I guarantee you, because we haven't raced on a prep track, I guarantee you it has to run like low 70s, 60. I don't know. What are they running? So you're running. Quarter if mile? you ran 365, no. eighth mile. Well, see, but the, the thing is, you can't go out there and show what this thing can run and then no, go back to running no, no. no prep kings. Like, that would be. Amazing. Kind of. I'm cool with it. Yeah. Shut up, Mike. Yeah. Yeah. Whose team are you on? What <laughs> saying? Mike's on the wrong team. Oh, no. I, well, let's make that happen. Tell dad that Wes it. needs a favor. Okay, let's make that happen. No, yeah. so anyways, yeah. less of the season. We've got a barn burner of a schedule week after week after week. Where do you guys even head next? Idaho. Oh, Jesus. Okay. <laughs> Idaho. Yeah, which is an awesome track. Apologies like, to everybody cool in Idaho. She didn't really a lot of people that. understand, too, that I have to go from sometimes I have to do treatments before the race, which I'm doing before Idaho. I have to go. My treatments are on, are on Tuesday, so I fly on Monday night, get my treatment on Tuesday, leave Wednesday morning, then go to the race. Like, sometimes those days, I mean, those weeks are, like, brutal. Like, a lot yeah, of people right. don't do that, but I still do it. I mean, it's, like, late nights and early flights out, you know? It's 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 tough. Well, you guys you have, guys, I mean, go you've got uh, this weekend off. Then you've got how many weekends in a row? You've got firebird then you got denver las vegas, las vegas. dragway 42 yeah. maple grove martin galat oh steel alabama Ennis, <laughs> you're Texas. a roaner my god <laughs> <Help>. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's a, I mean, that's a lot coming up. You guys, I hope you really enjoyed that time off up until uh, last week. Yeah, I know. I feel like it don't last long enough. But and we I actually, I, 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 that's the good thing about it. But man, they're brutal. It, I mean, those, it's brutal traveling and especially the hot races are brutal. God. Yeah, well, it'll cool off, hopefully. All the energy out of you. You need to hire Mike as your uh, personal assistant. He's great at traveling. He can pack like yeah, a little, little, little tiny square. He's, he, he has everything planned out. I don't plan anything. Yeah, it, it's, oh, pretty, yeah, it's yeah. pretty sweet. Don't look for him to like help in the pits, though. No, no, no. no, no, no Mike's no, out no, on no, the no, physical no. labor. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. It looks like y'all are breaking sweats. Yeah. Um, I'll be back in three hours. Yeah, right, yeah. right. Yeah, I mean, no. totally gotta down. gotta stay fresh, man. Uh, actually, we got uh, Ryan Hayward just dropped some intel in here, and I don't know, maybe you can talk about this, Lizzie, if you know. He says that uh, nitrous combinations and no prep kings just got hit with a lead trophy. I don't know if he's speculating on that or if, if he's saying that's coming or if that happened. I don't know. I'm not. I would be, let me tell you, I'd be pissed because okay. these rules right. are already freaking tough on nitrous cars, and that was the only thing that gave them the like some kind of hope to run competitively against all the other combinations. There's Let's no hope it's not true. Right. So yeah. Screw chargers. I mean, pro charge run those big pro charge. Forget it, man. No and, and we need to make sure that like nitrous cars have to stay. And that was like our purpose with world what? series. The way we did our rules. We need nitrous cars. Yeah. Need them. Yeah, for sure. Like I'm the first nitrous car to win of the season. Like there's not many oh, there's only what three nitrous cars out of the whole MPK field. Oh, he's saying, okay, so that, that didn't really happen. He's saying that that's coming because you said how light Bonnie 2.0 oh, is. Well, it better not because let me tell you, when I race, <laughs> let, let me tell you, when I race. That thing's heavy. Truck, that thing is yeah. super heavy. It's super heavy, man. <laughs> but they need to understand when I race against Chuck 55, that was a badass race. And we both left about the same time on the tree. And, uh, I mean, it was a close one. Like, I almost thought he had me by the end. And then my car, like, kind of just got him right at the end, like, nosed him out. So, uh. But I mean, he was door, like door, like we were right by each other, like right next to each other. Like that guy's right program there. has really come along. Oh yeah. Yeah, and yeah. against uh, Chuck Fifty Five too. That Chuck was a tight 55. deal. That's what I was talking about, Chuck Fifty Five. Oh, I thought you were talking about Chuck Sisinger. No, Sisinger. not Chuck Sisinger, but yeah, he turned his program around too. But Chuck Fifty Five, and when I raced against him, we were side by side the whole way. And uh, just have Ricky, to- just have Ricky Smith call your rules guy. And get everything, everything don't get Ricky involved because they'll put yeah. weight on you for Ricky, looking at him funny. Ricky, you won't believe this. You won't believe what they're doing to me over here. Yeah. yeah. Ricky gets weight. I swear to God, I've never seen anybody. I don't know what it is, but nobody gets beat on rule wise the way Ricky Smith does. I mean, I know. It's, it's real. It's a real thing. Like, you, I'm not just a fanboy. Like, it really is. I'll never, ever forget when he went like two, he went 570 something at 250 in Atlanta at the NHRA race like five years ago. Within 30 minutes of him getting back to the pits, they hung 50 pounds on that guy. You know, it's unbelievable. And then any other combination, any other racer could go out and clip the field by yeah. a tenth. And they'd be like, eh, we're going to let, we're going to let it play out. <laughs> Ricky, like, Ricky's, Ricky's shedding a tear somewhere right now. Well, Probably it's true, man. Calling somebody, I, I really like that West Buck, man. He's really got, <laughs> yeah, right. I don't know. If really I got his Ricky stuff figured that. out. Um, real quick here, let me pay some bills, and then we will uh, we'll, we'll finish up with you, Lizzie. Thank you for being so generous with your time. Don't, yeah, don't run off just yet. Ladies okay. and gentlemen, I want to take a minute and remind you, you all that the West Buck Show is brought to you by our friends at Redline Synthetic Oils. Redline has a reputation with racers and hardcore enthusiasts for creating products that perform and protect better than any on the market, and they've been doing it since 1979. 
whether it's your race car, your tow rig, your motorcycle, or your lawnmower, when you think about lubricants, you need to think about Redline. For more information, log on to redlineoil.com. Okay, so real quick, let's, uh, let's kind of roll into what else is going on. How is life in North Carolina? I mean, obviously, I mean, I guess we might as well not beat around the bush on this stuff. You've clearly been talking about it out in the open. What's, how are things going in North Carolina? Are you, being, are you excited to be back uh, near home? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I just got to say, I am the happiest I've ever been. So uh, I uh, moved out in three days, and here I am in North Carolina. I'm glad to do it over the break, the whole month break, and uh, actually got a house. So that was a big step, first home buyer right here. And uh, <laughs> uh, it's, 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 it, it's exciting. I love being home, and my family is just where it's at. And I don't know. I hate to hate to bring up this kind of news or whatever, begin details, but um, my other whole past relationship didn't like my family very much and kind of try to split us apart. And that's just not in me. That's just, you know what? My family is everything to me. And I've been racing my dad since, you know, for nine years straight professionally or whatever you want to call it. But I've been around racing since I was a kid. And that's just what my family does. We're, we're, ra we're a racing family, and I'm not letting anyone come in between that. And it's just, it was a tough deal for me. I don't know. It was just a really tough situation. Then this whole cancer deal happened, and um, got to see some true colors come out. But it is what it is. You know what? We both went our separate ways. We're happy, and he's happy the way he went in his direction. I'm happy the way I went in my direction. We just leave it at that. And there's nothing wrong with that, right? Like sometimes those things happen. And uh, I was talking to a guy this morning and he said uh, one of his rules for life is uh, nothing stays the same, you know? And I think that you got to recognize that things are going to change and, and it, it is what it is. But I, I'm glad to see you home. And I, I think the situation that you're in, being around uh, your family has to be very, very helpful. I mean, it, it, considering everything that's going on, I'm curious like I've talked to your dad about this before, but being close to the business, is that exciting for you? Like, but you're in the shop today. Like, is, yeah. is that a cool thing to maybe, is that something that you can see? Cause I'm sure you've got to start thinking about life beyond Absolutely. drag yeah. racing, right? Or racing yourself. Like, yeah. Cause I feel like I'm happy where I'm at right now, but I feel like I'm not exactly where I want to be like business wise. I want to want to still like i'm happy but i want to expand or branch out what i do and like something in my dad's business or whatever i, I mean i don't know I, I i love helping him as much as i could with this deal here in the shop i mean he stays busy and i always hear him that he needs help so now me being in north carolina i can hopefully get some time and help him and i don't know it's just a what, i don't i don't think it's uh, widely known yet but sometime in in the last couple of weeks or months uh, you guys, Pat named you uh, director. What's the official title? Director for Musi Racing. So there's Musi yeah, Racing and Pat Musi yeah. Racing Engines. And so he kind of gave you an official title or you, or you guys came to some kind of agreement and yeah. you're, you're sort of heading up the Musi Racing part of the business. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, that's that's a really big thing. I absolutely, you know, like also wanted to put money into the operation too. Like I actually put some money towards the old car and try to like, I don't know. I, it's just slowly, but surely it's going to happen. Like I want to own my own stuff and that's what I'm working towards. I actually was planning on trying to build like a truck and trailer, like a stacker and trailer. I did um, a stacker and a truck. I bought that, but end up selling that. I'm just, I need to calm down, 
focus on what's important and like, you know, take a breath. <laughs> I get take a breath and, you know, um, that but, sounds familiar. <laughs> <laughs> you and Wes can coach each other up on that. <laughs> Calm down one thing at a time. Yeah, one thing at a time. Um, yeah, but you know, our sponsors, we have a lot of like, I'm so thankful for our sponsors. We wouldn't be able to do it without them. Um, Redline's been a huge help this year. Like, that's an awesome company. We're super excited to work with them this year. That's um, an invoice for yeah, for invoice for Mark. Anytime yep, an you say, Mark. Anytime you say it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. we have like a little sound, ding, yeah. Mark Beatty, <laughs> ching, yeah, um, oh. yeah. But uh, I don't know. We we just been so busy with this race schedule. It's so hard to like plan anything else. You know what I'm saying? We're just trying to. We just keep going. We're going and going on the road, going and going. But um, hope, hopefully this racing, like you know, our performance out on the track helps my dad's business, the racing business, and. You know, I know he's got his he his majority of customers are in the PDRA and stuff like that, which is cool. I mean, a little bit of separation because um, I don't know. I like I never had that problem like with customers saying, oh, she's getting better, this and that. You know, never had that when I raced in PDRA. It was very like civil. But when I raced in No Prep Kings, um, someone that I was with always assumed that I had better cam oh she got the good cam or the good <laughs> and i don't and blah 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 i'm like whatever dude Te whatever. teams have to deal with that that's you know, that's, that's the thing that a lot of people don't realize 110 whatever pounds heavier than my car was once you get that in your head that's what i <laughs> Hello. Oh my goodness. Hello. Now we're going to get her fired up. Yeah, well, hey. Fired up. Here we go. My, now my dad's coming out of me. Uh -oh. <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah. I want don't one get, of the good motors from the, Pat. Don't Tell the Pat we want one of the good ones. We don't want the stuff that he gives everybody else. We want the stuff that you get. No, I'm just joking. Yeah, right. Lizzie, hey, seriously, thank you so much for your candor today. We are yeah. very happy for, for everything that's going on in your life. This is the first time being on your show, I think. So it's really cool. It's been a long time. Yeah, it's been a while. Come on anytime. Yeah. Especially you got like solid internet there in Mooresville, North Carolina. <laughs> yeah. Right? Shit, finally. Yeah, they ran the wires all the way out to here. <laughs> yeah, they ran all the way out there. So, Lizzie, thank you so much. Congrats on all your success. I hope you're able to continue it throughout the end of the season. I promise you we'll be watching. I think my next MPK race will be Dallas. So I look forward to seeing you when you guys head to the Motorplex, uh, the legendary Texas Motorplex. But stay out of trouble. Take care of yourself. So whenever you guys come, come hang out. Well, thank you very much. We appreciate it. Have a great afternoon. All right. You stay out of trouble. Congrats again. Thank you so much. I appreciate it, guys. Hopefully talk to you soon. Thanks, Bye. Lizzie. Be careful. Right. Okay. Bye. Holy moly, guys. That was, I mean, we got some like, she was like super open and honest. Like, holy moly. That was fantastic. Yep. You know, fired up. Man. Yeah, I love it. Got fired I've got, up. I, I have to make a decision, man. Galat, PDRA Galat, which is the only PDRA, or not PDRA Galat, NPK Galat is the only NPK race close to me. Now the VMPs passed, and it's the same weekend as NHRA Ennis. Oh, oh you got to go to the Stampede of Speed. Like, I'm yeah, not trying to be any yeah. kind of way, but you got to come down here. <laughs> I know. Like, so I'm not going to make it to an MPK race. When's this year. When's we got to figure MPK, that out. Where's, when's the MPK race down there in Dallas? It is the actually uh, two weeks, like two weeks oh. after the Dallas race this year. The Dallas the, NHRA race is the uh, 13th through the 15th, and then the MPK race is the 27th and 28th. Midland or October. I'm it, sorry. It was it was the week following last it year. It was it was one week. Midland, separate. the country band, is playing the Stampede of Speed. Like that's a big act, bro. Like that they're like a legit 
I got to brush up a list country. country music band and they're they're going to be playing at the stand. I'm I just fired I'm, I'm up just I'm just generally a Morgan Wallen only guy. Right, like JT? Boy. That's it. That's it. Gosh, come on. Dude, I found this. That, that's supposed to be a joke. You, I'll get Anytime, you track, get a few beers yeah. in you. And Me and JT riding around on, on the golf cart or in the truck. Check this out. Probably <laughs> um, bumping room. some Morgan Let Wallen. Pull this up. Like a bunch Speaking of, of country music concerts, I just want to share this stat with you. So, all right. Ready for this? Uh, who do you think? All right. This is just an open music question. Who do you think has the highest grossing concert in history? Michael Jackson. Nope. Damn. Garth JT. Brooks. Nope. One more Taylor guess Swift? each. Nope. JT, one more guess. You're not going to guess it, I don't think. <laughs> then why? Well, you that? might though. You you <laughs> might. Highest ever. I don't in know. history, uh, like give us history. I don't know. We need one hit. Alan Jackson. George Strait. George Strait. I, I almost said George Strait instead of Alan Jackson. But Alan George Jackson, Strait. Yeah. The Wait, highest grossing concerts in history. George Strait's show at AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas on 6-7-2014. $18.1 million. Well, Dusty. Pure, That's incredible. Now get this. The second highest grossing concert in history. What? Did we already say it? George Strait. Oh. Oh, was, no, he's was Alan literally Jackson or George Strait that was like entertainer of the year, like every year back then. Do you remember that? Uh, I think that was actually Alan. That Garth Brooks, I think, is maybe who you're thinking of. No, no, Kenny no, Chesney no. was well, entertainer well, of the well, year well, every year or, or for right. quite a while. But so yeah. this, but there's a lot of factors that go into this. So that but was I'm a just, fairly recent concert. When you hear concert tickets and a steel guitar, like what? What was the most? <laughs> attended concert of all time like well, i don't have that graphic in front of me i okay. have what i have in front of me because that's going to matter the because highest gross yeah, concerts in music you history. found on the internet yeah yeah well, i'm not saying it's yeah. true, i would doubt what i'm like, saying we're going to talk about taylor it. swift breaks that or something because the the tickets are i so don't expensive. even understand this whole taylor swift shit i didn't even realize yeah. she was that big now all of a sudden I, I don't know whatever she's a religious figure at this point in time it's crazy did you see that she I mean, gave those like bonuses to her truck elvis tupac Taylor, probably. Yeah. The, right now, the coolest thing that I saw about it was that she gave a hundred thousand dollar bonus to each oh. of her. Was it five hundred truck drivers? Am I going to have my I math think. right? Fifty. Five? Huh? No, wait. Fifty Blake, truck drivers. I think. Blake knows. Is it five hundred or fifty? No. Like fifty. It was fifty million dollars in bonuses that she he gave. He muted himself. I like to give out bonuses too, but don't you guys get any ideas? Oh, we All know right? that. We like, know that. Yeah, we're, gonna, I'll, show we're up in a, I'll, I'll show up in a whole Taylor Swift outfit and get that kind of type of bonus for every event we have in the next five Dude, years. Dude, I'd take him up yeah. on that. Bro, we could have a new outfit for him at every event. I'll, I'll walk but, around with a with a loudspeaker singing Taylor Swift for that type of money. I got to tell you, man, though, that that's incredible, that, though. though, right? Yeah. Like, that's the reason for me. It was 50, the, the reason to achieve million a lot is to be able to help a lot, right? Yeah. And like that's when I, I love when I see people that the world like have been very blessed and they are quick to to send it back the other way. And I think that that's why people like Taylor Swift. I don't know this lady or whatever. She quit texting me weird, but anyways, uh, she will 50, be successful for a long time because she keeps it in circulation like that. You know what I'm saying? Like that is where you become this iconic legendary figure because you're you're taking care of your truck well think about the optics of that too so she's making all this money and and the tickets are crazy and everything's expensive and like you just so then she turns around and gives that much money to her truck drivers and it just all goes away it's very smart 
because now it's like, dang, you know, it's all good now that she's just raking in who knows how many billions. Well, and it's she, like it's smart marketing, though, yeah. more than anything, because there's someone in the background going, all right, all everybody's talking about how much money we're making. We need to make sure that we spend some. We need to make sure that we create a headline or a several headlines that talk about how much money we're putting back in to this operation or whatever the case may be. It's really, really, really smart. There, that If I see anything at play with Taylor Swift and her career and everything that's gone on, it's been there's some brilliant marketing happening here. Like they, they know what they're doing. It's, how about, it's uh, incredible. How about Scott Palmer taking his, uh, his ride down to the PBR? And I thought this type of crossover stuff doesn't happen enough. I really think that I've been trying to figure out a way we could create a catchphrase or something around Cowboys for a long time, because that that's what these men and women are like drag racers. That that's the close. That's the parallel is bull riders and cowboys like these are concrete and asphalt cowboys right are 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 the the animals we ride are different but there's a real parallel there and i think that that's a match made in heaven seeing that pbr logo on the side of scott palmer's top fuel car is a sign of that's a he's, beacon he's of a, hope the nitro that's, cowboy now he is man the nitro cowboy and it's we need to lean into that because there is <clears throat> there is no doubt in my mind that if we can get some rodeo fans, some bull riding fans to come out and spend even a little bit of time at a drag race, they'll come back the, for all oh, yeah. those reasons you mentioned. Cause that's, I mean, even in PBR and maybe this has changed and I don't mean to talk out of turn here. I don't, I'm not an expert on pro bull riding, but I used to go to a lot of those events. This is a little of a background thing. So there was this guy named Matt Lenave and he was a marketing guy at the PBR uh, and he actually went, he left the PBR and went to work for Kenny Bernstein racing full time way back when, right? When I was first getting the magazine going and I met him through Kenny Bernstein racing, but he still had deep ties in the PBR. So I started going to PBR events. Like anytime there was one near an NHRA national event, like if the NHRA was in Pomona and it lined up that PBR was in Anaheim, I would go. Or if PBR or if, you know, NHRA was in Topeka and the PBR, uh, Pro Bowl riders were in Kansas City, I'd go. So I went to a slew of those events. And unless you're somebody, you're not getting close to JB Mooney. You're not getting close to a lot of these bull riders. You know what I mean? Like they operate, you know what I'm saying? They're like behind closed doors. You're not going to, you're not going to hang out amongst the cowboys in the locker room or whatever. You can do that in drag racing. You can literally, like you said, you can go hang out with Scott Palmer and Crack a beer yeah. open with him after the races. I mean, he's right there and accessible. And that's another thing that drag racing just isn't proud enough of is the accessibility that exists in this sport. Like you know where J.B. Mooney's from? No, I don't. Mooresville, North Carolina. I partied with J.B. Mooney a well, long, long time ago. With accent, Mike liked it. Do you know J.B. Mooney? Like, do you know who he I, is I and stuff? No. Okay. I know who he is. Yeah. Okay. Around here, we've heard of him. Yeah. I'm not. I, a, uh, I don't follow Mike. the PBR. As, as closely as, as you do. I remember I met, so I was at a PBR event in St. Louis. This has been a hundred years ago, right? And uh, I was hanging out with Matt Lenave and JB Mooney had won that night. And I think at the time he'd won maybe over a million dollars probably in bull, bull riding. And bull riding? Uh, Is that how bull riding. And I was talking to him. He, he won that night and he wanted to rent the Budweiser party bus and drive around downtown and party. And I obliged. So anyways, we get on this bus and you know me, like I'm making friends and I'm trying to like build a relationship and build a rapport with this guy. So I'm talking to him or whatever. And we're talking about money somehow finances or whatever. And, uh, he said like, yeah, man, this, this whole coming into money thing. Yeah. It's kind of different. I just been depositing these checks and I'm like, 
what? He's like, yeah, I just, you know, win these deals or whatever, you know, and I just deposit them. I'm like, so you're just depositing all your winnings in your personal bank account? Like maybe you should start a business or like an LLC or like talk to an accountant. And he's like, nah, man, I just been depositing them in my checking account. You know what I mean? It's like gonna go hurt. to the ATM and get some well, money out. A lot of guys have farms that, that goes back into too. So, oh, well, I'm sure at this was he was really, really yeah. young. I mean, he was barely old enough to to buy a beer. Like, I think he may have been 21 years old. Um, but anyways, they've got that deal figured out. PBR, they yeah. do uh, that team thing that, is working out though for them. You know, we've talked about it on here before. You know, that and I think that team thing um, allows them if if you are having an off year to still make it to all the events because your team's going to carry you. Um, so, I mean. It's I, I I like the team aspect in some of these sports that have, you know, historically been just just individual sports. It just it's it's brings something new to it, and I'm not convinced as as everything is, work. and as expensive as everything is, it keeps it keeps the it keeps all these people, you know, moving in the right direction and making it to the events, that, which you know in turn puts on a better show for the spectators. Yeah, there's no doubt. Um, real quick here, let's uh, let me do a script read and let's just do a couple of Q and A's and then we'll call it a day, guys. Um, I want to remind everybody that each and every episode of the West Buck Show is brought to you by way of FlowRacing.com. If you're a drag racer or a drag racing fan, you got to get on board with Flow Racing. The world leader in sports live streaming, Flow Racing provides unlimited access to drag racing's biggest events like Donald Long's Lights Out, No Mercy, and Sweet 16. Every stop on the PDRA and NMCA tours, Funny Car Chaos, World Cup Finals, Streetcar Super Nationals, the World Series of Pro Mod, the Pro Superstar Shootout, and much, much more. Personally, Flow Racing is a fixture in my life. I'm able to follow along with multiple racing events from the comfort of my home or while I'm out on the road. The platform provided by Flow Racing is changing drag racing for the better, and there's no limit to the good they can do here. So log on to flowracing.com today and join the movement. Um, I think we yeah, should do like we uh, did last week. JT, you weren't here. So what we did, we ran, I, I ran through some questions. Oh, and I, and I, I limited Wes to <laughs> one-sentence answers. This is key. One-sentence answers. So let's run through a handful of these. All right, start and, at the and get Wes to uh, to answer some of these. All right. So first okay. off, Wes, what do you think about drag boat racing? Like, gotta, I like it. We got to figure out go okay. longer than that. I, all right. I like drag <laughs> boat racing. I like drag boat racing a lot. They we've got to get the starting procedure figured out. Like all the miscues and the boats floating off and grabbing the rope and trying to pull ourselves back. Uh, it's I, like I going to a roll race. It's like going to a roll race. JT nailed it. If you've been to an air air race where they're trying to get the cars to pace each other, it's a calamity on the starting line. And I think if we can get that handled there, I love drag boat racing. I'll never forget the first one I went to Quincy, Illinois, blah, 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 blah. I'll tell that story later, but big drag rope, big, big, Um, big, big drag boat fan. Are you coming to Michigan for no prep Kings? No, that's all I'm going to say. No, not going to make it. Sorry. (laughs) <laughs> uh, I had some more questions. These are the shortest of, answers that lot, Wes has ever yeah, given see, in his life. I got him trained up last week. Um, <laughs> let me this see is here. fun. I hope we, next time let's have more just more stuff ready because it's uh, fun. For me. Yeah, you know, a lot of comments. I'm having to roll through these, and I didn't really expect to do this today, but I'm trying to find here. I'll try to some, find one. Uh, I ask myself a question. Um, Jimmy Dale in the comments. Yep, love my man. I love me some Jimmy Dale. Big fan. I wasn't talking bad about anybody. God, I hate that stuff. Someone said, uh, Trip Rogers. <laughs> it said, Lizzie, will you marry me? 
That was a question. Uh, I can't speak for Lizzie, yeah. but I'd, I'd say it's debatable. Best of luck um, in the future. Yeah, you got to catch him in like a DI. If given the opportunity, game. would Lizzie hop into an NHRA funny car, says Rick Zadek. Um, mm. I don't think she would. I think that that's not because she's afraid of it, but I don't think she'd... This is the interesting thing that exists with no. I think it, yeah. There's I, no reason. What I'm like, there's saying. no reason. Like, she in many at ways, one point in time, I think she would have. Right. And I think she was like, actually in many ways. That. She's at the highest level of the sport. Like in many ways, she's at the highest level of the sport. Billy Walls wants to know: Are you coming to any races near Alabama this year? Um, Alabama. Um, you know, I feel like game. Alabama. We used to that used to be the stomping grounds back in the ADRL days, dude. Isn't that true? Like, mm-hmm. what happened? I remember making at least two trips a year to Huntsville, Alabama. Typically, I would go for an Orska race and I would go for an ADRL race. And unfortunately, both those series have gone uh, the way of the dodo. That's a, it's a tough thing. But uh, I loved going to Huntsville, like not like a crazy metropolis or anything, but just a track that's got I did too. We always ran and vibe there. You guys did run there, didn't you? Guys almost get in a fist fight at that oh, track. Yeah. yeah, we did that and. You guys burnt uh, your dad ran, burnt somebody down. Ran through a whole field of blower cars because that's, that's blower country. We went down there with our nitrous car, and that kind of had everybody upset. Those are fun times, man. But then even when ADRL was there, we always ran well. That was something a, about that track. And you know what? It's not as short as you think it is. No, it's I've got it this. Not a, it's a it's a good track. It's a odd facility. Like I don't think there's a a level piece of pavement in the pits. You know what I mean? Like everything's running downhill, kind of. Kind of like Piedmont. Piedmont's that way, but the track was badass. Um, no, I I miss going to Alabama. And you know where else I went a lot was Montgomery, mm-hmm. uh, which is another facility that's really underrated. Like I remember going to this was an event called Beat Orska, Beat the Heat Under the Lights. Um, and I think it was actually the weekend I met Ian Tucker, first time I ever met Ian. Um, my buddy Tim Morton and I drove down from Kirksville, Missouri in his truck. Because uh, I was always trying to get somebody to drive me somewhere because I didn't have reliable transportation at the time. And uh, yeah, we drove all the way down to, to Montgomery, Alabama and went to the Orska race there. And man, we had a big time. That, those, the Outlaw Racing Streetcar Association, that whole deal, Johnny Finn, Karen Bryant, everybody that was involved with that, Mike Hill, Jack Barfield, Steve Kirk. That was some really great racing. I think that whole series was kind of ahead of its time. It was, man. And honestly, I didn't even know much about it, but I learned about it when I got hooked up with you and we started, we covered it a bunch in the magazine. And I was like, what is that? You know, you kind of have the blinders on when you're racing. And if it wasn't pro mod, I got to be honest, man, I give Orska, they were a big part of our growth at Drag Illustrated because mm-hmm. we latched on to that brand of racing and they were largely being ignored by every other media outlet. I think the only other person or media outlet in drag racing that was given any attention, paying any attention to Orska was dragracingonline.com. Jeff Burke Mm -hmm. uh, recognized it, but it was Ian Tucker as a roaming at an editor at large for uh, drag racing online. He was the one going to those events. And he was, it was interesting because even Ian and his coverage of Orska was ahead of its time because Ian had this real, and it was something that him and I went back and forth about a lot at Drag Illustrated is that he it's interesting. And I'd love to actually have him on here to talk about this sometime. There was this moment where in drag racing, Ian kind of introduced critical journalism where he wasn't at all afraid to call someone out 
for what they were doing wrong. And, and he, he made a great argument that every racer that he encountered, and I'm paraphrasing his belief here, but every racer he encountered wanted to get treated like a professional, right? They want to, hey, we're professionals, we're pros, we're spending millions of dollars, blah, 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 blah. But Ian's point was, until I write about you like a professional, because I'm going to hold you accountable when you do the wrong thing, when you make a, a rule that flies in the face of the integrity of the event, or when you run into the middle of the night, or you do something that smacks disrespectful or uh, unprofessional, he's going to call you on it. And that and was it, that was a good fit at DI because that's kind of what we were trying to do. You remember the XDRL article? Geez, like boy. that was a great example of that kind of journalism that that was uh, so and it was i haven't seen Ian in, in, in a long time until he was at world series of pro mod and it was awesome to have him there for that event so hope to see him again soon and see him at both of our events uh coming up next year yeah i, I can't wait to have him back it was cool to see him at uh, at the world series but there, here's here's one more we're gonna wrap yeah. up on and i street outlaw stat guy man i don't know I, if I you know how this too. I don't know if you know how this crew drinks beer, but he's asking, can he buy you a beer? I guess Wes, but I'm, I'm going to lump all of us. Well, in. can you buy just, you a beer at the Dallas NPK? You race? can buy him a truly and you can buy me a beer. Um, <laughs> might, you might start saving up now. I may have to catch you at a different one. So I may have to bounce around and try to find a no prep Kings race to go to because I'm realizing my wife who keeps my schedule for me in cases any, anybody's wondering. She texts me during the show and she goes, you're going to be in Vegas. Um, I've got, I guess the NHRA national event in Vegas is the same weekend as, as, is that correct? Is that true? And I'm committed to Vegas. I've got it. Well, a, I want to go. We like to go to Vegas. We don't go often enough. Not a big gambler, but man, I sure love Vegas. It's big and fake and everything. I got you gambling that one night. It is. Enjoyed it. Yep. You know, it's the same weekend. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I'll gamble a little bit. Like I like playing roulette. Remember that night I kept winning black 14 roulette, just one after another one blackjack. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. 14 on roulette. Oh, one time. I know that. Well, I, I was wondering. I was like, <laughs> oh, my God. Well, that one yeah. night I got you playing uh, blackjack and you liked it. But. I like playing blackjack. I mean, I play it on my phone all the time, every flight, because it's one of the games that you can use without Wi-Fi. You know yeah. what I mean? A lot of these games. How about check this out? How about have you guys uh, played No Limit Drag Racing now that Spencer Hyde's Pro Mod is in the car in the game? We haven't talked about this. I know we haven't talked about this enough, dude. It's so dope. Like it's so crazy to see. And I got a check from No Limit Racing, the game, of the the our commission, like that I get to give money to Spencer. Like we already gave him over a hundred thousand dollars for winning we the World Series. Of Pro I, thought, Mod. I thought we said we were just going to keep that check and not tell Spencer. Yeah. Is that what I said? That goes into that goes into the <laughs> JW Marriott Lounge. Uh, yeah, let's pad. see if he'll just contribute it to. Um, <laughs> let's see if if uh, Spencer will just donate it to the JW Bar uh, JW uh, Marriott Lounge Fund because we do need to create a fund for that. Yep, in my opinion, we just need to pay the bartender to stay open later. There, you do. Yeah, you you already have. All right, guys. Well, hey, I just want to remind all of you, JT, uh, Mike, Blake, our whole team here at Drag Illustrated, thank you guys so much for being a part of this each and every weekend, uh, each and every week. And everybody out there on the World Wide Web, please help us spread the gospel of drag racing. Click like, click share, click subscribe. Support the companies that support us, Aeromotive Fuel Systems, Redline Oil, Flow Racing, Stroud Safety, uh, Racers Club. Log on to racers.club. Grab yourself some gear. We're actually a couple of shirts away from selling out. I'm hoping to announce that tomorrow. So thank you guys all so much for the support. I don't think any of us imagined uh, the groundswell of momentum and excitement that would be around that brand, but it seems to be really taken off. So thank you guys all so much. Guys, yep, yep. appreciate it. We'll see you next Wednesday. Thanks, Lizzie thank Musi, too.
Thanks, y'all.